When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Holly. Hey, Dave. What's going on today on the What Difference Does It Make podcast? Oh, today is a good day, one which I am very much looking forward to. What about you? Oh, yeah. I think the dream team is in the house, and we will get to that in a second. (laughs) But we are going to discuss what is the top 106.7 songs that were played on radio station KROQ in Los Angeles, the world-famous K-Rock. Every year they print out a list, and we've been looking through it, and we have gone, we're up to 1986 now. This is exciting, right? Can you believe this? Yeah, we've gone from 1980 to 1986. How can that be, though, since we've only been doing this podcast for four years? Oh, suddenly you're putting math on me, huh? (laughs) Well, even, even the person with the slimmest math knowledge can figure that out. The reason, if you go back to episodes, you will see that we kind of brushed off. We're still trying to figure it out. And I think we did 1980 in one episode, and then we did <laughs> 1981 in a couple episodes, just kind of picking and choosing what we wanted to talk about. And maybe we could revisit this uh, again later on because we never get this fully discussed all those songs. But uh, because yeah, I think we skipped a lot of them, and now we probably would find more more interest in the songs that we kind of glossed over. Yeah, because as we will soon discover, all the nuggets, much like, you know, the Coachella lineup was just announced and there's always the small font bands. And those are usually there. There's some interesting bands in there and you you never know. You, you have to seek them out. And so that's what we're doing. These are small font songs. Sometimes they were lost in time. Sometimes they're like, oh, yeah, look at that. This artist was just starting out at that time. And now look at them. Yeah. I don't know if we could say that so much for the songs that are going to, that we're going to talk about today. Not all these songs were widely played, let's just say. Or maybe they were, and radio has decided that these are not songs that people want to hear constantly. (laughs) We have a tight playlist and we can't include all of these songs. These are songs that I think a lot of people don't even remember. That's why we play these, just to kind of... Remind people of the fun 80s songs that may have been forgotten. The ones that aren't just screamingly obvious, like, don't you forget about me. Yeah, these were all very much fun songs, I think. Obscure. Uh, Obscure, fun, and dancey songs. I think we're going to get into that as to why we're getting a little more dancey in our playlist selections and a little more, a lot more synthesizer. K-Rock is making a little bit of a change, and there was a reason for that. Before we get into the songs, what happened in 1986 to K-Rock's neighbor, That radio station was bought. And then on January 11th, 1986, they changed formats. There was a, they saw a little niche between the top 40 stations and the urban stations. And on January 11th, 1986, they changed from KMGG. What was it? Magic 106? Magic 106. Magic 106 became the first ever rhythmic contemporary formatted radio station. There was nothing like Power 106. 
before. Much like K-Rock at the time in the 70s and early 80s, playing new music that we'd never heard before. These were remixes and dance songs. You were Uh, part of this, weren't you? I was. I did my first radio internship was at Power 106. Might have been 87 to 88. It was definitely more rhythmic. And it was Jeff Wyatt who hired me. And then Jay Thomas came on the air a couple of years later in the morning. But there was personalities to me are really prominent in my mind. Joe Nasty and Joe Cervantes, the boomer. This is Joe Cervantes. Tonight's Make It or Break It song called I Still Love You. Power lines don't get on your votes at 520 or 977 Make them good ones so we can put you on the radio and stay with me. We'll have the results in less than 20 minutes. Now, Stephanie is on Power 106. But they bypassed Kiss FM for a little while? They bypassed everyone. They, yeah. they rose up to the top. That's common, though, for when it, when a station launches, when a new format launches, that's very common. Mm, Remember not, how long they, they not stayed? Necess- not necessarily. I think that's rare for format to change and then just to zoom up the ratings. If it's something extreme that's never been heard before and it's geared towards to an audience yeah. 25 and under and it's of that moment, it's going to rise to the top. So, yeah, yeah the, people were making the power switch. <laughs> the pat, Yes. And yeah. So Power beat Kiss FM in their second book. Only the talk station KABC did better than Power in the spring of 86. In the fall of 86, Power was number one. And then from there on, every ratings period was a battle between Kiss and Power. That was a good, good time. They did a, an event every year, just like all stations, like iHeart has their iHeart Music Festival. Power 106 had their Powerhouse Festival every year. It was a concert. They used to have them like at the Palace in Hollywood. I think moved to other places. We uh, I think we had it once on the Queen Mary. Well, it was a great time in radio overall, I think. There was a lot of really healthy competition. Mm-hmm. And it was still really interesting b- before most of the corporations moved in, the big corporations moved in and kind of streamlined everything. Yeah, power was a powerhouse. <laughs> yeah, I think it was a, a gamble, or say, you know, to do something mm-hmm. completely different and paid off. Well, and as you mentioned, so stations started playing more rhythmic music because yeah. power was was doing this and having tremendous success. And K Rock had to react to this, as any yeah. good radio station would do. Yeah, and some of these songs you can absolutely, uh, especially the first one we're going to talk about, you absolutely expect to hear it on Power One Hundred Six. Holly and I are just going to talk about these seven songs, 106.7 to number 101. And then we're going to add in some uh, other talent to help us out, talk about the songs, because it's only seven songs. We just want to, we're going to do this ourselves. We're going to have some fun. Yes. A little bit. Yes. And I I did want to get your take on power. That was a really, I reminisce about this. That was a really, really fun, inspiring time in radio. I mean, that was, we were, I mean, we were both very passionate, you and I, about radio in general. Yeah. I was only there for an internship. We were in college at the time and I was getting credit, college credit, but I stayed for a while afterwards. And I never actually had a paid job there because I went to Westwood One after I graduated from college, but I stayed as long as I could at Power 106 because it was it was a lot of fun. I worked on the morning show. I was in the studio for the morning show, you know, answered phones like like interns do. I worked with the promotions department. We did a lot of fun promotions. We launched when Star Tours at Disneyland opened. We were there. Fun, exciting times. You met the audience. What were were they? Do you think they were like K-Rock fans that that moved on to Power? I'm sure it was a, a mixed audience. 
that it was definitely a mix. It was a mix. I mean, I was a K Rock listener too. So yeah. I was listening to Power and K Rock, and it was good they were right next to each other. It was convenient <laughs> when you still had to turn the dial, right? Yeah. But it was a mix. I mean, it was it was a lot of Kiss FM audience too. And because LA is a melting pot, you got people from all over at these promotions, all over. Yeah. And it's fun for me because, you know, as a Valley kid, this was my first sure. foray into the greater Los Angeles area. Sure. It's kind of fun at, uh, with power because they were all your age too. You know, it's, yeah. yeah, everyone was, you know, under teenagers and, and in their early twenties and, you yeah. know, cause they like going to the, they want to go to the clubs. They want to have a good time. And, Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. And that was power. It's fun. Remember Florentine Gardens, those Power 106, the logo, the um, bumper stickers are almost as memorable as the KMET and the K-Rock. Yeah. You know, they were always present in Los Angeles. Well, that's fun. You got to uh, pass out those bumper stickers. And <laughs> exactly. Or your t- did you, they have the power van. Did you get to drive the power van? I never drove the power van. I may have driven in the power van, but remember back in the day before you really knew when you were, when you were still a youngster, when radio stations were doing promotions and you were sitting at the table and you were giving out bumper stickers and talking to people, everybody wanted to meet the talent. The air talent were like star, you know, celebrities in their own right. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're the number one radio station in the market, and everyone's listening to you in Los Angeles, so they want to they hear you. They want to know who these people are. It's, a, it's definitely a fun time in radio. Well, you know. <laughs> well, I was <laughs> at the, at the wave. wave. I was at the wave. It was that we didn't have jocks. <laughs> I was the jock. People would call up and like, what was that song? Oh, that was uh, that was Spyro Gyro. Which you did not hear on Power 106. No, no, you didn't. No, there was no mix between the two, but they yeah, they both started at the same time. And I got paid three thirty-five an hour, so that's, I did not get uh, I didn't get college credit, but I got I got some cash. So that was minimum wage at the time. Yes, it was. <laughs> good times. <laughs> yeah. All right. So speaking of good times, let okay, let's go to the the countdown. The countdown starts now. These are the top 106.7 songs played on KROQ in Los Angeles. Number 106.7 is the LA Dream Team. LA Dream Team is in the house. Did you remember this song? Ladies and gentlemen, have you heard? The Dream Team is back, so spread the word. Well, hit me on the one and don't delay. Cause the Dream Team is here, we're gonna make your day. We came here to kill, and this is our deal. If the music don't get it, then the fly looks weird. You gotta get what we got, even get us up right. And what you need, keep the jive alive. So without hesitation, you'll see what we're about. The LA Dream Team is in the house. Yes, we're here. The Dream Team is here. Oh, yes, we're here. The Dream Team is here. Oh, yes. Well, I'm over your radio once again, Rudy Pardee, I'm your best friend. Let's take it to the stage and feel better by the pound. My name is Pardee, and I'm going to throw down. In case you don't know who I be, I go by the name of a snake, but I touch bases to the fact that I'm proud to be black, do the best that I can with my fly girl back. So ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, take this back into your world. Manipulate the situation with steady concentration, then you know what we're talking about. I vaguely remember it. This is just, my name is Dave and I'm here to say, it was one of those type, like where hip hop was so awkward. Oh, see, you and I have talked about this. I like this stuff. Oh, I do too. But I'm just saying it was awkward and fun. Yeah, it, Totally old school. This was fun. I didn't remember it, reading it. And then as soon as I heard it, it was like, oh, it totally brought me back. <laughs> this was played on Power 106? I don't remember if it was played on Power 106. This was before my time at Power. Okay. But- it definitely sounds like something that was or should have been. Maybe a little bit later, though. Yeah. If you look on YouTube, there's also uh, the on Soul Train, they play the song. And so there's they have the dance line and uh, and people are doing their 1986 moves to it. And it's, it's pretty <laughs> awesome. The cover, it's a very Miami Vice-ish. They're, they're both wearing their Panama hats. It was uh, Chris Snake Puppy Wilson and Rudy Pardee. All right. He was ready to party. It was kind of an interesting time for K-Rock, and rap was just breaking as well. I mean, there, there were a lot of great songs in 1986 that K-Rock didn't play. They could have gone in that direction, I think. You know, just them playing L.A. Dream Team is in the house. You know, Run DMC, of course, were, were breaking big. Yeah. Then, um, Beastie Boy, Beastie Boys. Well, you know, Beastie Boys were eventually played on K-Rock. I think they were. I think next year we'll probably get into some Beastie Boys. But there was... You know, even DJ Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince, I think, could have been played on K-Rock. I didn't see them at all. They were not on this uh, 86 playlist, which they could have been. Yeah, I think so. Also because it's a, you know, a novelty. Yeah, well, that's the 106.7 song is usually reserved for the novelty song. And so that's why that is where it is. And we won't see anything else. We will see Run DMC on this list. As we yeah. count down the hits, but we will not see any hip hop on this list. 
No, that is definitely not where K-Rock was moving at the time. No, which is, uh, yeah, kind of unfortunate, but there is more dancey stuff. I, you know, I, I guess they were, they're finding their own niche, possibly. Yeah. You say unfortunate. I don't know that I find it to be unfortunate because I, I rather like, you know, partial to a lot of the bands that are going to show up here on 1986. Sure. But th- I think there was a, there could have been a spot, you know, as we talk about a lot of these songs, like, well, there could have been a spot for a, you know, a, a Bismarck key in there. There could have been an iced tea song. That's true. Yeah, you're absolutely, you are definitely, you're right about that. Yeah. Well, okay. It's an interesting, I I like that they, they played it. I don't like that it was kind of like, oh, this is a novelty song. You know, this is just something that will disappear eventually, you know, this fall by the wayside. This rap thing is just kind of a novelty. I think that was the attitude that they probably took at the time. Yes. Yes. Uh, As an aside, was this ever played at a sport like a was this played at Laker games or it feels Kings? like it feels like it should like because um, Magic Johnson's sneaker that he endorsed was L.A. gear. If you remember that, oh remember, my God. remember L.A. gear shoes. And I think they that might have been something I, I really don't know. But it, it feels like the dream team had a had a part. Of it. It, it was all like like this Miami Vice look and the you know, yeah, the L.A. gear shoes. I'm sure you wore L.A. gear shoes to uh, Beverly was it Camp, Beverly, Beverly, Camp, Camp Beverly Hills. Camp. I did with with high top LA gears and uh, slouchy socks or leg warmers. That's a look. There you go. That was definitely a look. LA Dream Team was part of that, probably. They were in the house. They were in the house. <laughs> All right. Should we? Uh, All right. Move so, along to number one hundred six. Okay. So now we're getting into songs that. Time Forgot. Well, actually, I guess all of these songs are songs that Time Forgot, I think. But there are a lot of footnotes to this. Number 106 is the band Device, and the song is called Hanging on a Heart Attack. Can you tell me about this? Well, I didn't remember the song itself, but it was Holly Knight. Holly Knight has a huge career in songwriting. She's written for Pat Benatar and for Heart, and she was inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame. But the song Hanging on a Heart Attack, I did not remember. Did you remember it? And did you watch the video? (laughs) Yeah, I I didn't. Okay, so yeah, a number of things. Have we talked about Holly Knight before? We have talked about Holly Knight before, but I can't remember in what context. You shouldn't. Back in 1981, we were kind of brushing through different songs. There was a song by a band called Spider that was Holly Knight was in that. And they sang a song called Better Be Good to Me. Do you know that song? Uh, I'm very familiar with You Better Be Good to Me. Yes. One of my favorite Tina Turner songs. Yeah. So this was Holly Knight's second time on the K-Rock charts with her second band. On the K-Rock chart. I mean, she is written for everybody. So her songs have charted endlessly yeah oh yeah i mean you don't get into the 
Songwriters Hall of Fame for nothing. Yeah. Uh, Holly Knight is someone we should get into our onto our podcast because I she's got stories. I'm sure that would be awesome. Yeah, so we got we got look into that. As I saw this video, it did. I was watching, going, "This just looks like Beyond Thunderdome to me." And totally, <laughs> totally. <laughs> a lot of Tina Turner <laughs> comes up in this. It was not only written by Holly Knight; it was also written by Mike Chapman. Very good. Mike Chapman was producer for. Sweet, Susie Quattro, yeah. The Knack, and most famously, Blondie, Parallel yes. Lines. This is a song written by two world-renowned artists, and they created this song that K-Rock played and was and soon forgotten by K-Rock. Yeah. Well, if you're going to listen to the song, you should just watch the video. What? Because yeah. this is right. very entertaining. Well, I mean, I guess the reason it looks like Beyond Thunderdome is because Device worked with Tina Turner on the song One of the Living from the soundtrack, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. There was a connection there. They uh, they had a Tina Turner connection. That's that's always nice to have. <laughs> All right, so we'll move on from Device and go to number 105. This is from a new artist. His name is Robbie Neville. Robbie yeah. Neville, C'est La Vie. Before C'est La Vie, there was Time Waits for No One. When two hearts go to separate ways The scenery should change If you don't take a different road The sights remain the same The voices of the promises That flood your memory Are visions of what could have been And they vanish instantly Time waits for no one. I I knew that as a Rolling Stone song, and I thought, oh, maybe he's doing a this version of this Rolling Stone song from back in the day. But it's not. It's, a, it's an original. Yeah. And this song wasn't even on his debut album. It was the B-side, actually, of C'est La Vie. Oh, was it really? Yes. Okay, I did not know that. What did you think of this? I like Robbie Neville. I think he has a nice nice voice. I like it. I enjoyed the music. I enjoyed the hits of C'est La Vie and What's It To Ya. I like this song enough, certainly. Uh, but he went on to have a much more, you know, a very uh, successful songwriting career, produ- writing and producing after his biggest hit, C'est La Vie. Of course, I, I like those two songs, but my girls were listening to Robbie Neville compose songs on the Disney Channel constantly. So I would probably, oh, yeah. so I probably know a lot of these songs from High School Musical in Hannah Montana that I didn't realize Robbie was responsible for. Yeah. And the Cheetah Girls. Don't forget the Cheetah Girls. Oh, sure. Who can forget the Cheetah Girls? He won ASCAP awards for High School Musical and Hannah Montana's music. Good for Robbie. <laughs> yes. That's great. And it all started on K-Rock in 1986. You think that's where it started? No, he wrote before then, but, you know, this was his first, I think this probably, he probably got excited when, you know, they played this song on K-Rock for the first time and made the list. Yes, because Robbie Neville is not your typical K-Rock artist. We didn't know that at the time. No. Everyone gets a fair shot on K-Rock, I think. Yeah. Play a little bit of pop. 
We'll play a little bit of hip hop. We'll play a little dancey stuff. It's a uh, 86 is uh, kind of a, a little bully base of all types of genres. Bully base. Listen to you. Yeah, look at Frenchy. Frenchy. <laughs> We are in the middle of our countdown of K-Rock songs from 106.7 to 101. We have reached the point in our countdown where we take a break. So, see you later. And we're back. With more K-Rock songs from 1986. Okay, number 104. Number 104 is The Fix, Built for the Future. Another tie to Tina Turner. Yes. Yes, because, (laughs) yeah, it was in that time. It was the Better Be Good to Me video. It was Better Be Good to Me. Cy Kernan. Yeah. The singer of The Fix. Yeah, this was their year on on K-Rock, right? The Fix. This is the first of two songs that we're going to discuss. This song, Built for the Future... Was not the song that we remember, although it made it to, uh, all the way up to number 13 on the US album Rock Tracks chart. huge k-rock artist and they had some huge hits i i think huge hits they were produced by rupert hein you know a big big producer what is it about the fix that didn't propel them into the stratosphere like a lot of other bands yeah like them or as, as talented as them what is it i don't know i mean it, listening to it it sounds this song sounds a lot like what in excess was doing at the time that you know it's it had that that sound i don't know if Cy had you know that that Mike Hutchins type presence or something that could elevate them. I saw a couple performances of them doing this song and you know, it's, it was good, but I don't, I don't know if it, it had that element where the, where, you know, the performance can lift the song up to like a, a must see band that's uh, essential and, you know, they'll get played on the radio, but the band didn't fire on all cylinders at the, at the right time, I guess, to, to launch it into the stratosphere. Very well said. And the band formed in London. But they never had a top 40 hit in the UK. So Rupert Hine speculates about this, and he thought that they were stuck between pop and rock music. And by the time the 80s ended, it became difficult for that non-genre to exist. And there were other bands in the 80s like Simple Minds that hovered between the same genres. And all those bands' days became quickly numbered, partly because the record companies insisted that they became either definitely pop or definitely rock. And no man's land in between. Right, you had your... Like in the LA market, there was KLOS playing their album rock, and there was K Rock playing whatever modern rock was at the time. And now you have Power doing their dancey, you know, rhythmic urban format. Yeah. And where does the fix fall in all that? They're kind of pop rock, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that is that is the dilemma. 
Yeah. So, but they, you know, K Rock loves them and they played a lot of them. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's, even the next album they played from The Fix. Rupert Hine, you mentioned Rupert Hine. He also uh, he co produced Private Dancer. So, you know, there is more Tina Turner in the mix. Yeah. So all roads lead to Tina Turner today. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. So the smaller the number, the bigger the hit. We move up the chart to number 103 True to You by Rick Ocasek. Is it? I still don't know. Rick Ocasek or Rick Ocasek? This this question is going to go on between us till the end of time. Okay. I say I have always said Ocasek, but I think Ocasek might be the more widely accepted. Possibly. So there was another hit by by Rick on this album, Emotion in Motion. His solo album is This Side of Paradise. The first single was Emotion in Motion, not on the K Rock list, but K Rock decided to play the song True to You. Emotion reached number one on the mainstream rock charts and played on MTV, but K-Rock decided to play True to You. K-Rock always has to go a little bit more obscure. I guess so. Uh, Rick Ocasek played the uh, on Saturday Night Live, and he played Emotion in Motion and another song, Keep on Laughing. He didn't play True to You. It was his second single from his second solo album, This Side of Paradise. It did get to number nine on the Billboard mainstream rock chart, Rick Ocasek slash Ocasek. We talk about how his, his solo music still sounds like the Cars, yeah. just a little bit toned down. Well, as I looked at the notes on this from this album, it's basically all the Cars played on this. <laughs> so another band that does that. Yeah. Greg Hawks played keyboards throughout the album. Ben Orr sang backing vocals on three songs. Elliot Easton played guitar. That is the Cars. That pretty much is the Cars. Yeah, they had a different drummer. The drummer was also the producer, Chris Hughes, which is probably why they didn't use the Cars drummer. And we know Chris Hughes as the drummer for Adam and the Ants. Yay! (laughs) Yay. (laughs) So he's very versatile, Rick Rick Ocasek to uh, Adam Ant. Yeah. Well, you know, when you're, you could bring in a lot of different artists to to play on this. He also had Roland Orzabal from Tears for Fears played guitar on Emotion in Motion. Tom Verlaine of television, G.E. Smith from Saturday Night Live played on here. Yeah, I mean, did you like the song? I mean, it's it's a car song. It's great. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, just... that's what I mean. I, I like the cars and I like all their music. I didn't really remember this song. Yeah, I like saying the cars more than uh, Rick Ocasek or Rick Ocasek. I Since uh, we still don't know the name of that, it's easier to say the cars. We talked to Rick Ocasek and then... Ocasek is what he says there. <laughs> okay. I'm going with Ocasek. We know Ocasek isn't correct. We don't know that. Oh, that was the very first time we've ever heard it, and we've been listening to him since the the early 80s. All right. Well, we'll 
We'll figure it out. Okay. I'll, we'll do some research <laughs> I'm on I'm going that. with Okasek. I don't know. Okasek. I like that. <laughs> okay. So we move into number 102? Yes. Okay, so this is another song, much like K-Rock decided not to play the single. This song wasn't necessarily a single. This is the first of two songs by Billy Idol, and the song is called <laughs> Soul Standing By. I did not remember it. Uh, it's from Whiplash Smile, which was released in 1986. But I think some of the singles were released in 1987, ultimately. Yes, yeah, we will talk about To Be a Lover next year. Spoiler alert. But like the song Don't Need a Gun is uh, not on the list. Mm-hmm. And Soul Standing By, there was no video for it. It was just a, just another song that K-Rock decided to, to pluck off the album and put on the air. What did you think? Oh, I liked it. It is quintessential Billy Idol. Yeah. Whiplash Smile came out in 1986. The album before that came out in 1983, Rebel Yell. I was like, oh, was there three years between albums? But as you look at the charts, Billy Idol was constantly on the K-Rock charts in, uh, you know, in 83, 84, 85. They were still playing a lot of Rebel Yell and releasing singles from that. So... I think that's probably why there was a delay in, uh, because normally three years is is a lifetime, especially back then. He was developing his career. It, that is a long time. I did. I guess I didn't realize that it was three years between, but he was ever present in the eighties. But did you know this year, twenty twenty three, Billy Idol got his star on the Walk of Fame. He did. I love the love Billy is receiving, and at, that we saw him recently at Amoeba Records. That we saw him perform live. He and Steve Stevens are awesome. They have, in their way, adapted to the times. They're still putting out great music. I really enjoy his new stuff. If you want to see his star, he is right by Amoeba Records. He's right there. I know the Red Hot Chili Peppers got one last year. So all our 80s favorites are, are getting their, their recognition. Although he's not from Los Angeles, he, he really has made Los Angeles his home. But also you can see clips, short clips of that, the show he did at Amoeba Records on our YouTube channel at What Difference Does It Make podcast. Good tip. Yes. Yeah. Especially check out Eyes Without a Face. That seems to be one that people really like a lot. We will be talking more about Billy further down the line. I'm going to ask you if you remember the band's Love and Money. Get up, get dressed, have 
nothing to impress Everybody make a chain This train is the cheapest and the best Why it's better than real Under those wheels North, south, east and west You are the station on the Candy Bar Express Take a ride on the sugar train I freely admit that I did not remember them. Did you? No. No, in the Candy Bar Express. <laughs> Take a ride on the sugar train. Be a junkie for love. Be a sucker for success. That's part of the Candy Bar Express. Yeah. And that's that's what Love and Money were doing. Do you know who produced that song? I do. <laughs> I got excited to learn that Andy Taylor, Duran Duran, produced the song. This song, as we we talk, uh, you know, K-Rock's getting more dancey. This was a song that reached number 10 on the U.S. dance charts. Mm-hmm. And by the way, they did get to number 56 on the UK singles chart, okay. being from Scotland and all. They were kind of the fix in Scotland, you know, <laughs> songs that were played a lot, but didn't necessarily have them rise to the top. Do you know where they were on August 1st, 1987? But they were doing what their gig was. They had an opening slot opening for the band U2 at Murrayfield Stadium in, in Edinburgh. You two put the local heroes up on the stage. They had a number of hits, and they even uh, reformed and are still playing live, in case you want to know. If you're in the Edinburgh area, you can uh, you can check out Love and Money. Are they, is it the original members? I believe so. It's, uh, well, the one guy, James Grant, is the, the singer-songwriter. He's the guy behind Love and Money. He said about this song, about Candy Bar Express, he wanted to write something similar to Wham's Young Guns. Go for it. Nice. But more cynical. And that's probably why K-Rock played it. Yeah. (laughs) Because it was whammy and cynical. Yes. Had all the elements. Those are the first seven songs. 106.7 to number 101. We will start inviting other people into our neighborhood. Oh, I love it. When we we get to talk to other radio people or record people or rock journalists and people who've written books about the 80s. It's fun to have people look at these songs with us. Yeah, we'll start that next week. We'll get into playing uh, those songs and getting takes on not just what Holly and I think about it, but also the industry, what radio people who were out there at the time were thinking about these songs. I look forward to, to seeing who we come up with, what interesting folks care to join us. I have no idea who's going to show up, but we, we shall find out. We got some work to do. There's someone knocking at the door now. All right. Well, we'll see who comes in on next Friday because we have new episodes every Friday. So please subscribe. And where else can they find us? You can find us on social media at WDDIM Podcast and on YouTube, as previously mentioned, at What Difference Does It Make Podcast. And a big fat thank you to Pantheon Podcasts, who are always supporting us. Yes, we are a proud member of the Pantheon family. That was a nice little seven-song chunk. And then we go into the ten-song chunks soon. I like the bottom of the list. I know you do. I like it, but I really like when we get to the biggest K-Rock hits of the year. Those are fun. I'm looking forward to a little Depeche Mode, a little Pet Shop Boys. Oh, are they? Okay, well. Sorry, spoiler alert, but pretty sure anybody who was listening to K-Rock at the time knows that you'll get a little of that. Okay, very good. Right now you got a little of this, and you'll get a little of that next week. So don't forget to subscribe. Send some comments. Let us know what you think. Love to hear from you. And thank you for listening. Okay, so until next week, this is Dave. This is Holly. Check you later. Over and out. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.